Welcome to the Indie Comics section. Join us as we take you through the pages of some of the best stories and art that's available in the comic book industry. From trivia to book discussions and to interviews, this is Indie Comics. Welcome to our next episode. This is Tyler. And this is Jeff. And we are here with another dose of Indie Comics. Yes. Uh, Yay, Indie Comics. So this month, we read Junior Braves of the Apocalypse. You actually got it right this time. I got it right this time. I feel so stupid. <laughs> uh, like, during the interview, I don't... I, well, I mean, I remember, of course, the tribe number. I don't know why I didn't get it. Yeah, you remember the tribe number, but you won't remember the title. What is Seriously. wrong with me? Yeah. I'm crazy. Seriously, dude. <laughs> Um, okay. it's, the, it's the summer heat, man. It's, it's come out of nowhere on us. That's what it is. That's right. I don't it know is. wherever you live, but it's it getting seems scorching like here. summer is just killing us yeah. pretty much across the board in the U.S. I mean, I, yeah. I have friends in almost every, you know, a lot of states, and everybody's compla- you know, complaining about it, like, you know, in all yeah. regions and whatnot. <laughs> but, oh, um, yeah. But, yeah, okay, so we have a zombie apocalypse brewing in the Junior Braves world. Exactly. And uh, so, Jeff, you like zombies. I, I do. Am, I do. And I think I've said this before. I'm not the biggest zombie fan, uh, but there are some times that I do like them. I can appreciate it. Um, yeah. This book, I actually really enjoyed reading, and I wouldn't mind continue reading it. So um, that is definitely a compliment, I feel, because oh, I yeah. do not like zombies, but I actually really do. I'm actually very invested in this book. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that. So is when the, you say the, you don't like zombies, are you meaning that just as a plot device for the story, you're uh, not really into I just, them? I you know when I watch a horror movie, um, I like movies like The Exorcist and Conjuring uh, and Poltergeist and whatnot. I like so you things, like supernatural type stuff. I like supernatural thing uh, stuff and things that you just don't see, things that are just creepy, things that are just uh, there. And but, zombie, but zombies don't necessarily creep you out, then, is what you're saying. Yeah, here. no. Okay. Uh, zombie monsters and slasher movies? Eh. I, no, okay. I love monster movies, just not monster horror films, really. Like, I okay. love Godzilla. I love King Kong. Oh, my God. I love King Kong. I love Pacific oh, yeah. Rim. Um, I like that stuff. It's just, um, right, for right. me, things that... So, they're the two horror films that I like, and I know... I, it's quick. I, I like things that cannot be seen. So I, I really appreciate the first, um, the first and the third, and uh, of Paranormal Activity, and actually the spinoff as well, the the Hispanic one. I can't remember oh, the March okay. ones. I actually really like that one, uh, The Exorcist, Poltergeist, uh, both Conjuring movies. Uh-huh. That's what I like. Insidious is pretty cool too. I like it as well, even though you get to see uh, the demon. I, I would, I, still I, would I would, I would, I would log in The Witch with that actually. Yes, I love The Witch. I actually really enjoyed it. I didn't think I would like it, but I actually did like it. Yes. Um, you know, like, I'm not a big fan of the Blair Witch Project, the original one. The new eh. one, I actually liked the new one. You know, uh, a lot of people didn't. I liked it because of the end. Well, the yeah, because twist. we got to see the actual Blair Witch. <laughs> no, we didn't get to see it. We got to see something else, which I, I don't want to spoil it. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about exactly. zombies. So why don't like zombies? Uh, it's just you get to see them. They're always there. And um, unlike The Walking Dead, which I do appreciate, even though yeah. I've fallen off, I like the fact that you get to understand the characters. And the zombies are not the the central ma- part not, of the story. They, yeah, they're not. They're honestly not the biggest threat. The biggest threat. 
well, are the humans themselves. That's one thing that I think was I kind of appreciated about this book because it seems very much just like what Kirkman was doing with The Walking Dead. And he goes out of out on a limb and basically says this over and over, that this book is not about zombies. And I feel that that's what these people were doing right here as well. This book really isn't about zombies. If anything, they're more like a side story to the greater thing that is going on here. And what's the greater thing that's going on here? These kids, with their, with their camp troop, they go up for a vacation for a week up in, in the mountainous lake region. This is around... Uh, it's around uh, Washington and they come back and they find that all hell yeah. is totally broken loose in their community. And I feel like if there was a zombie outbreak, it would probably be in Washington. I don't know why. But I really? feel like that's like the perfect setting because there's just so many forests and stuff like that. And just, I don't know. I, for some reason, no, like, no, no, Washington I see what you're just saying. makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> we see, that's the basic story here is these kids are coming back and realizing that the world that they had left not not a week before has totally gone to hell and that suddenly you know the you know zombies have come back but this is the interesting thing when you're looking at the story it seems like not the undead type zombies that we're always used to it seems almost like just people have been mutated that they've been like uh, distorted they've been mutated and suddenly they're just you know they're they're attacking on other citizens and all that kind of stuff so yeah. it almost begs the question it's like well and I've said this time and time before. We even talked about this. Here's a shameless plug into our interview with our guy that we just had. Oh, yeah. No, shameless but, um, plug away because it kind of begs the question is these zombies remind me of the ones that you see in 28 Days Later, the, yes. ra the rage zombies. And it's like, well, can that, that really be considered a zombie? That and a little bit of World War Z because remember, they World are, War Z, yeah, definitely. They definitely can climb. Oh, and run and run. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> really run. But um, yeah, so I guess, you know, when you log it all in together, I think it does count. It just depends on what your definition is. I mean, let's be honest, you know, all monster and all horror is kind of, you know, developed to the point where, you know, different definitions, uh, different strokes for different folks. I mean, you know, how else to explain stuff like um, uh, like uh, the Twilight series for vampires or something like that? I mean, you know, probably not the best example, but let's let's be honest, you know, things going on with vampires there are not what you typically see in a vampire type film. Yeah. And yet, you know, with these zombies here, you're seeing different kind of concepts. I mean, yeah, they're still going after people and eating them and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you're thinking like, hmm, they kind of still have a conscience about them. They kind of still have yeah. some. They, it's kind of like they're still they're, they're kind of still conscious of their surroundings. So, yeah, that's what the story is really good about doing with this is they definitely define define who are these zombies and exactly what these kids are doing to try to survive. And, you know, hey, what better yet than trying to test the wits of kids who went out to the week to try to prove their survival skills to come back and to actually put them into practice. Yes. And that's uh, why some of them, especially the little ones, are starting to use some of their, their, their smarts that they learned while at the lake and put them into practical use when trying to defend themselves against these, uh, in, these uh, eaters of flesh. Yeah, I'm definitely going to let um, you talk majority of this episode because uh, this is right up your alley. I do want to say oh, yeah. the one thing about this and um, why I think this is important why I want to read it is because I do appreciate Walking Dead a lot, again, with the characterization. Um, but the difference between this book and Walking Dead is you get to know you have a lot of kids. And the thing I, I love about this book a little bit more than Walking Dead, I know, sacrilegious. <laughs> um, I should sure really like this book. And why? It's because it's more about strategy. Yeah. It's more sure. about um, 
I feel like this is more about survival. Because the other one, I mean, because Walking Dead and a bunch of other zombie things actually does focus on the humans more than the zombies apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, for sure. It's all about there's a villain. There's all this other shit happening and all this stuff like that. And it has to focus on, you know, like a lot of violence. Where this book has violence, but it's not the major part. It is not the However, main there focus. Is, however, there is... As you go on and read, you will definitely see that there are characters that you could definitely see as villainous. Yes, absolutely. You will definitely see the story in this because you but know. You, but you, but you already know the character, and they're brewing where they're just not exactly. showing up at a camp, and people are just assholes. Like this one, it's they're doing things very smart. Yeah, exactly. Um, because they're ready with training, so it is like Walking Dead. However, it's like they're a little bit more prepared, and they're kids. It's it's yeah. It's a kid's tale. Well, you and, see. That was what that was what I liked, especially when we were talking with him in the last interview. It's like, you know, this is essentially zombie apocalypse meets the Goonies. It's like it's all well and fine to see what, you know, an adult population would do in times yeah. of the end of the world. But how would kids handle it? Nine. And I think that's what this book is essentially good at doing. It gives kind of an idea that, hey, you know, kids lack experience that adults do. But you know what? If they are essentially taught proper skills and gone into the wild, would they be able to handle themselves? Yeah. Um, and, and that's the thing I want you to talk about, because for me, I got a vibe of, it, it, it's not like the movie. Like, I brought this up earlier when we were off mic. It's not like Red Dawn, but it's like the same intensity, I feel like. It is kids. kind of the same intensity. So it's like it's like Goonies with like kind of the intensity of Red Dawn yeah. thrown in there. Like, oh, the, yeah. I guess, tonal part. But, like, you have the characters that are like the Goonies. Wolverine! And so, um, and you have zombies in the mix as well. Exactly. So, I, that's what I, I, w- I would characterize this a little bit as, is Red Dawn tone, like, where it's serious. And yeah. they are freaking out a little bit. And then you have the Goonies where it's, like, it's also playful. It's and, also playful. You know, and they're, they're being chased, but it's, like comical you know yeah it, and, can, it and, can get that way yes and then uh and then the story is also kind of extravagant like the goonies as well oh so, yeah for so, sure so that, that honestly that's my pitch that's how i see it reading it reading it and uh i had a, i had a lot of fun and i prefer it because obviously if you listen to a little bit more of our podcast like the gathering in this you'll see that i i guess you can say i am immature I do love kid stories. I love um, I love animation and stuff like that. I would prefer an animated film over a live action. Um, yeah. You know, like I love like How to Train Your Dragon. I think How to Train Your Dragon has some of the best characters. Um, you know that you, you can that you can basically watch. You know, there's a oh, lot yeah. of there's a lot of cartoons where they have better characters than the live action. Um, you know, uh, everything's kind of fifty fifty, I guess. But like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I do love animated things that are meant for kids but also just very sophisticated which is why i think shrek is such an such an important animated film back then because it showed you can do that and i think since then uh animation has adapted and this is something that i could definitely see animated oh that would be amazing if they turned junior braves into an animated series yeah and and not only but not only that like i can see this is just like that animation that I watch and, and adore so much, and I haven't right. felt like that in a lot of comics th- these days. You know, we've, yeah. we've had a, we've had a couple of children comics as well, and, and you have like Yo Jimbo, and you have a couple other ones like Bone, especially. I know oh, we talk yeah. about we talk about Bone a lot, and I really want to do that. Hopefully, one of these months. <laughs> so please, Jeff Smith, if you're re- listening to this, which you are definitely not, uh, we love to have you on. Um, <laughs> Bone is Bone, and this I feel like are just such a, a great comic for kids example a great so 
example of great things that really have an animation that reminds you of your childhood when it comes to this and yet still have some kind of sophisticated story about here. Even though this is reliant upon kids for the main parts of the story as the protagonist, I see a very effectively um, effective storyline here, and it just it just seems to flow. And I tell you, this book just for me, it read inside of an hour. I, I had read a little yeah, bit before we had interviewed the guy, but it just it, it flowed so good. I mean, you're 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 picking this thing up, you're reading it, you're going to be done all, uh, no sooner than if you actually picked up the book. It is that good. Now, and it's only the first one of, I believe, like a series that they are yes. still in the middle of working with right now. Yeah, um, if you listen to the interview, which I highly suggest, he does talk about how the second book is supposed to come out uh, next year. Yep. And um, so before we jump into talking about the uh, the art. What else do you want to say about the story and the characters? The other thing that is good about the story is even though there are the emphasis is upon the protagonist being the, the kids being the protagonists, there are also key adults that are in the story, but they do not take the center stage, which I think just helps bring out the story all the that much more. They're kind of like on the sidelines being kind of like, oh, maybe the old is sage, although at times when you're looking at them, especially the immediate adult that is in charge of the of the kids as they're going along trying to survive while they get back into town, you notice sometimes they're not so wise as they try to purport themselves as being. And it seems the kids are probably knowing more than that than the adults are at times. Yeah. But I think that just adds to the story all the more. There's a lot of different dimensions. And then there's just some of the outright insane adults that just obviously have shown that they can't handle the end of the world. There's a lot going on this story. And it just makes me really want to see, you know, what's the what's the next thing that they're going to be doing in the next book. I mean, I'm the, I'm that excited about it. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Again, what I said before, it, it is definitely worth a, a read, and you have to read it before we did the interview, which we usually don't do on the show. But uh, and you enjoyed it, and we got to do it, and of course we got to, we got you know we got to interview. Um, yeah. Michael Tanner is fantastic, one of the nicest people in the world. If you see him at a convention, please say hi to him. He's phenomenal. Yep, um, one of the as nicest you guys you can ever meet. If you if you couldn't tell from the interview itself, uh, we'll move on to the art. What? Okay, so when we when if you listen to the episode, he talks about how the artist you know uh, is new and learning yeah. and adapting. And we talked about how in the pan some of the panels you'll see different kind of art style as well. So um, right. going in and listening to the last episode and now talking about it right now, um, when you do pick up the book, digital or physically, it is a book, uh, com com uh, I think it's like a 218 pages long. 210, but 210. yes. 210. Um, and so it, it is a volume. It is not a comic. There's no single issues unless you went to free comic yeah, book Yeah, exactly. Day. This is a hardcover type type. Type books, so, you and know, it's, it's a great it's really, book. It's it's, re it's really in the same skein as like your typical graphic novels, except in this case, it's a hardback. It's interesting what Oni does a lot. I don't think there's a lot of single issue except for Rick and Morty, except for like some really big properties that they were able to have. Yeah. Right. So anyway, um, so the book has a fantastic hardcover, uh, hardcover oh, edition, yeah. and uh, if you see him at a convention, he has other goodies as well. So I suggest to see him. Um. So the art, the artist, it was was new to Oni. Yeah. And um, what do you feel about the art? I, you said in the last episode that you saw differences within the panels. It seemed to me that as, I want to say like in the first 15 or 20 pages, in the panels of those 15 or 20 pages, it seemed like the artist was maybe unsure of himself at first. It seemed kind of uncertain maybe because... It just seemed like, you know, what was being conveyed in the writing 
didn't exactly. I mean, I'm not saying that it did not wholly match up to what to to what the what was being drawn, but it seemed like not that there was a mis- miscommunication, but maybe that there was like struggling going on with what he was trying to convey in those in those panels right there. But he got better. I'm telling you, this guy got better because it seemed by the very end of the book, you know, it seems like he is hand in hand with what Michael Tanner and the others were doing when they were making out the story. Yeah. So I think he, I, th- I say he eventually came around. Yeah. I think he came around in the story. I mean, he struggled at first, but you know, if you're talking about somebody who's just starting out in the industry, because that's exactly what we have here with Oni right here with this kid, um, you know, that that's to be expected. I mean, you know, nobody starts out at the top. So, you know, no, I, I'm, I, I, I'm not surprised that, you know, probably there was some like a, uh, some, uh, some rough and bumpy, uh, uh, forks in the road as he was writing it, but he got better. I saw the improvement right there. For me, it started to get a lot more polished by about the 30th or 40th page. And then by that, I could see that there was probably a lot more communication going on between the creators. Yeah. And I, I will definitely agree with that. Yeah, definitely. There was and definitely a vision that they both, that, that, yeah, that yeah. things were like right on the level. Yeah, they, they were definitely. There was no correlation. I, I, no, okay. I don't want to say there's no correlation, but oh, I do no. want to say that the, that the artist was have. I mean, it, it does, and this is not negative because sometimes you do need this. Sometimes you yeah. just need to be a story or a character or a panel needs to be conveyed in a different way to show how, like you know, w- the action as to how like out of line or like you know just um, it, it's you know so- something that doesn't that uh, wouldn't no that's that's not. What's the word I'm trying to think of? It's uh, it's something that was unexpected. Yeah, something that was unexpected. Yeah. Um, you know, to happen, and so you you have a different view on it. Like, oh my god, like what was that? It's something alien to you. So yeah, I, exactly. I actually don't have a problem with you know the correlation being a little bit off. Yeah. So I think it would work. And um, again, a lot of artists do that, and it's, oh, yeah, and it's important. So what, what a writer envisions, what a writer envisions, and what an artist envisions are two entirely different things. So it's yeah. really it's really not surprising that you know you see probably like um, a correlation that may seem off. But you know what? I don't think it hurt whatsoever in the story. I think it just added dimension to it. Like I said, it seemed rocky at first, but you know what? The guy came around. Exactly. The guy comes around. So but, I mean, it, it's we're, okay. We definitely don't want to knock this book because again, we pick we pick books that we know we will like. So this is something that I highly suggest you pick up. Exactly. The art is not bad. No, definitely not. And I think at first because this, in fact, if anything, the tones of the bl- the, the the black inks along with the greens that they're using kind of reminds me of some old school type comics that I used to read back in the day when I was a kid. He finds in some like newsstand editions, they didn't have to have a whole lot of color to them. If anything, I think what more color would have probably just, I think it would have taken away from the story personally. If you, um, okay. Yeah, I actually have to, I, I have an addition on that. Um, if you go back and read our thoughts of um, mind management in December, yes. we talk about the, importance and also like just um not 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 just the importance but it it's the use of having limited colors can add so much to the character and the tone Mm -hmm. and for this okay so my piece on that this is a not black and white is green and black i feel um greenish black um color scheme like everything It, it it is not a colored book so um the only why, thing that's covered is actually the cover, but <laughs> why I like it is because it seems like a tale of time. Yeah, 
so it's not exactly set presently. Yeah, it's, it's, in it's, the future it, it seems like or a, in the past. It seems like a chronicle somebody would pick up, like maybe a century after the apocalypse happened or something, to see what these kids were going through at that yeah, time. Exactly. That's so how it seems to me. Yeah, I, I think that it works. Yes, very obviously, much so. if if the comic keeps going, or maybe like you know, Bone and other stuff like that, it was black and white. Uh, I don't know if they're doing it with Walking Dead. I don't think they have started a a color. I know like Dragon Ball Z is starting doing colorization. Yeah. If they were to do it, it's not bad. But I think a story like this, I kind of prefer what they did. It's like, yeah, it's well, like we'll it's look at it this way. Maybe this is the question we should be asking: Is color necessary for the story? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think it's you necessary, know? especially with Bone with me. I don't, I don't want to read it in color. I kind of like the fact that it it is so different yeah and it's in black and white walking dead is interesting because it's in black and white sometimes you just want something that's just not a hundred percent like the well, color that you expect like well, if you read a well, book like arkham asylum yeah you know you the book is like all these different weird colors that you didn't expect and it looks gorgeous and you get the tone it, it's it's color schemes and whatnot are important and obviously with this book because you have a brand new artist they limited themselves, but the thing is yeah. that by limiting themselves, they created a fantastic tone and a great way to tell the story. It's the perfect example of less is more, is what it is. Exactly. Less is more, and that's exactly what was done within this it's book. It's a book about kids against a zombie apocalypse. Exactly. I mean, we're not talking anything big and profound here. We're not talking like great, major, you know, sophisticated stories. It's kids yeah, you're not versus talking zombies about in an apocalypse. Universe where there's thousands of characters. It's yeah. a survival, quick, strategic. Exactly. Quick I mean, story. Exactly. I mean, what you see in this book is essentially what you're getting. What you see is what yeah. you get, and less is more. Sometimes simplicity is what is needed in this industry, but I because I can tell you right now especially in the realm of indie comics, in my opinion, it seems everybody's trying to outdo each other nowadays and trying to be more sophisticated in stories. It depends on the publisher, but it I will agree on the you. It depends on the publisher, yes. But sometimes I think if we try to look past that message and try to get back to basics, I think we're giving the fans what they want. Yeah. And I believe that's exactly what this book does here, is it gives the fans exactly what you're lo- what they want and doesn't try to make any, anything more than what it already is. Now... With indie comics and die, that doesn't make any sense. But what I what I like about indie comics or what I want for indie comics is that I want people who are writing them to obviously be their primary job and you yeah. know and they're able to live off of it. But I don't want them to go towards, you know, like something huge. I don't want them to go towards like writing for Superman for years and years and stuff like that, like status. I want them to write what they love, do what they want to do with the story. Yeah. And give exactly what they want and have fun constantly. Not go against each other. Not write that is something that is like, you know, that's cliche and something that's done over and over again. What's popular? What's hip? And that's the thing about this story. The story reads like an 80s movie, and I love it. But the thing is, is that we also don't really know the time period exactly. I mean, it's kind of like 
now. It's kind of like 90s. It's it, kind of it, like it maybe like a little it, bit in the future. It looks like it could be 2000s. I mean, a lot of the technology that they were talking about definitely seems contemporary. Yeah. Oh, that's true. They, that's right. They did have cell phones. Yeah, they did um, have cell phones. So but, like, we, you know, the cars were just basic cars, like, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, models and stuff like that's that. Right. And I liked it. Like, you don't yeah. know the time period. And I think that's cool. And I hope yeah. that actually continues. I hope. All I, you can really tell from this is that it's definitely contemporary to what our particular time is. Yes. We don't have an exact year. We don't have an exact time frame, but you know what? It is contemporary. Michael, if you're listening to this, please please keep it like that. Make sure the artist keeps it like that because I like that. I, I, I like the fact that it's like comic books where it's you don't know the time period because it just keeps on adapting as it keeps going as the characters don't age. But I, I like the fact that it's like make it a little bit more, not generic. I don't want to say the word generic. I want I want the word, you know, I like the word where it's like it's just what what's the word I should, uh, I'm thinking of? Where it's like you don't know the time period, it's just kind of hazy, and it's just they just want to tell a story and just focus on that. Self-contained, pretty much. I is guess what so. You're thinking about. So, I, I I love the story and I love what it you know what it's about, and so I yeah so um yeah if you're listening, it that's what I think would work, and it's kind of you know it, and it's just it's open because it's not a movie. You don't see it every single act. You know you know. Right. You don't see CGI. You don't see like sets and stuff like that, no. and like architecture and what they're wearing and stuff like that, where it definitely defines when it when it's taking place. You know, right. like and um, you know where a movie is taking place. In this book, you're looking at kids who are in Boy Scouts who have been around for I don't know how many years. You know, and they're going up against um, and they're going up against you know zombies and. I like the fact that it can happen whenever, you know, especially starting with cell phone use. So yeah, exactly. I just want to throw that in there. Sorry about that. That's where it also becomes the subject where you know it's. I don't want to say that it'd be a realistic scenario, but it does seem like something that could potentially actually that could potentially happen, and I think that's where it becomes almost like an event where, gosh, what if our own children have to deal with that? Yeah. Someday, you know, so it kind of, it kind of, it's a shortcut to thinking, really. I mean, not that, you know, we're, we are, we, we are, you know, um, taking in the idea of the idea of a, of the zombie apocalypse actually happening or anything, but there's that, there's that sense of realism to it, too. It doesn't seem beyond the realm of possibility. Now, if this story had been like, um, zombie or, or, uh, junior braves of a demon apocalypse or something like demons coming onto the world or something that would probably be, you know, stretching it just a bit to see, you know, just, you know, what was, uh, what, what would be going on here? Yeah. It, it would be a much different kind of scenario. This straight to the point, almost a realistic setting. And like I said, less is more. You're getting just what you're looking at when you read this kind of thing. Yes. Uh, I completely agreed. Um, okay, so uh, last thing, what we always talk about, is what do you think this adds to the whole independent comic book industry? I kind of went over that when I was talking about, you know, what yeah, this no, book is I, good. kind of talked about it already. I but. think what it does, it brings back a little bit of simplicity to, to, to the medium once again, because let's be honest, so many companies, depending on the publisher, are trying to do the next big sophisticated thing to try to wow the audience. And let's be honest, you know, that's going to be, that's going to turn, well, going to turn into uh, a battle of stories being a dime a dozen. It's like, well, okay, I see this independent uh, superhero story there or this independent horror comic book there or something like that. And it's like, you know, it seems they're trying to outdo each other. I don't think this book tries to outdo anybody. 
I think it's just giving something straightforward to the audience they might be interested in, and it has a good amount of material that you can kind of see the reference. Like, hey, it sounds like a good old kids kind of story. Yep. Trying to you know defend themselves in the midst of something like this. I think it harkens back to one's childhood almost. About you know yeah. what what would you have done in that situation, especially if you were like a camp member or you did like Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts back in the day, or I mean, if you were a kid and you actually went into learning these things and learning about survival. So exactly. So yeah, I think that's what this kind of story really brings. It br- brings a sense of nostalgia to an older audience, but you know what? It's just good old plain fun. Yet there's that still there's that hauntingly dark kind of theme to it as well because there is some bad stuff happening in this story too it's not all sunshine and roses here yep so i think it offers just a little bit of everything but at the same time simplicity man and you know in the realm of indie comics considering how much there is now especially because of things like self-publishing i think we need a little bit more of that nowadays i completely agree uh which is actually kind of the point of this show so um the lot, you know, what I want to say is I think it adds a good um, zombie story, something that we've seen a billion times. There's like only like, you know, 18 shows right now yeah. that has zombies in it Game of Thrones, iZombie, um, you know, <laughs> Walking Dead. I mean, there's so many zombie shows on right oh, now. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's insane. Um, yeah, Game of Thrones. White Walkers are zombies. Just, I just want to throw that out there yeah, just in case you say zombies. no. No, I know. I just want to say <laughs> people are like, what zombies? White Walkers. Um, so and, and this has a twist of kids, and it makes you feel like a kid. It makes you feel, you know, like a, a different type of story where the people are, have strategy. <laughs> yeah, and there's and there's tons and of innocent. strategy. They're innocent, and that's great. They are innocent. Yes. So um, that's why I think it's important. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem like they're trying to be a trend. I, I feel like this is an illegitimate uh, story that they just want to tell for yeah. fun. And Michael, That's exactly you know, what I got and, from this. And if you were to get to know Michael like we do, he has that kind of personality where it's just he wants to write something that he loves and he cares about. And that is something that, you know, and I, I hate to say some independent comic book artists just don't try to do. And a lot of DC and Marvel stuff you can tell also do not want to do whatsoever. They have to be they have to do what the editors want them to do. And this is yeah. one of the stories where they got to do what they want to do. And it feels like this is their this is their vision and yeah. everything worked out. And if this, you listen, please listen to the to the interview. It's fantastic. Yeah. This just plays more into the idea that, you know, when you want to have something good nowadays out there. Nine times out of ten, you're going to have to go for a story in which the writer is the one who has owns the characters that they're writing about. Yep. That's where the this, once again, we've talked about it time and time again we've on had, Indie Comics here. We've had a lot of Oni Press uh, since we started the show. We really like Oni Press. We like all of them. We like all the independent publishers. And so it was just a treat to um, talk about it. Do you have anything else to say? Uh, I tell you, it's... It's just a, it's just a, it's just a great, good, simplistic story. Yep. It's not, it's not, it's not meant to try to be anything more than it is. That's why going into this, I was thinking like, hmm, well, you know, how interesting a story could that be? It seems so one dimensional to me. It's like kids versus zombies. Who's going to be the winner? The zombies. And yet, you know, <laughs> I'm reading this. And I'm thinking like, you know what? I, I, I really didn't give myself enough. I didn't give enough credit to these kids before looking at that. I'm thinking like, you know what? It really challenges you to think, you know, 
exactly what lengths would you go to to make sure that you maintained your survival in something like this? And these kids yep. show that they can be resourceful. Some people say that they're all spoiled nowadays with a generational <laughs> kind of thing. You know what? But you know what? With kids like this, it kind of makes me think, hey, maybe they can find ways that they'd be able to handle themselves out in the wild like that uh, and, and wow us all. I think that's also what is a good thing that I got out of this book and that you can look forward to when you read it as well. Yep. Thanks for listening in. Our podcasts are available on iTunes and any other podcast apps and, of course, our website, thegrandgeekgathering.com. We have articles, video series, and other podcasts available for you to enjoy as well. While you are there, go ahead and contact us. We would love to hear from you. You can stay updated by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and we stream on Twitch. Intro is provided by bensound.com, and you can buy Junior Braves of the Apocalypse at your local comic book shop. Just be sure to ask them if they do not have it. Comixology, if you want it digital, Amazon. But, of course, go to Oni Press as well. Go to the store and support them, or if you see Michael at a show. And, um, yeah, definitely support. Look for Michael Tanner at any show that you go to. Exactly. Above all, make sure to always support your local businesses, guys. Because they're the ones that are able to get you these kind of rare gems when you go out there and find them, guys. And you're helping a, you know, you're you're helping a local business, you know, and exactly. you're helping the comic book industry. Exactly. So come and join the gathering. Have a wonderful week and GGG. Oh yeah, versus zombies. Makes good me enough Makes for me, me is good enough. <laughs> Oh, me, it's good enough.